Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Brought to you by four people who have never been to Thailand. Uh, tonight's tale is a strange one and may not be appropriate for all audiences due to the at times graphic descriptions of violence involved. Uh, earlier in Strange News, we shared an ongoing story that rocked the nation of Thailand to the core. We're returning to this tale tonight. Here are the facts. Uh, How do you know I haven't been to Thailand? <laughs> I, was gonna I, ask I asked you a few years back, did something change? This is presumptive of you, sir. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, not to put you in a box, Matt. Uh, so three people who have not been to Thailand and one person who uh, doesn't well, either confirm nor box. deny. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've been there in my mind and in my heart. I really like Thai food. Um, but that doesn't count. No, I have not been to Thailand, but I can confirm. Matt, uh, it's up to you. Do what you will. You're, you're not the only mysterious one over here, Ben. <laughs> I've never been to Thailand. Uh, that that is definitely uh, that's definitely on record. And everybody, everybody is a mystery, right? We contain multitudes, as Whitman said. Uh, speaking of multitudes, there are going to be a lot of Thai names and places in tonight's show. We are not native speakers. Maybe that's the first thing, so please bear with us. Uh, but we can say, like any country, Thailand's home to stunning beauty, innovation, and uh, some very troubling imperfections. Uh, have you guys heard, you know, one of, the, um, one of the monikers of Thailand is the Land of Smiles? I have not heard that, but um, I'm a 
big fan of the history of Thai, like, electronic music and like disco and stuff you know that band krongben mm-hmm. uh, they are not native thai individuals but they take a lot of influence from that sound if you're into that uh there's some really cool deep cut kind of um records you can find from from thai artists from the 60s and 70s really cool kind of psychedelic jazzy uh, sort of dance music pretty cool stuff yeah i've been getting really into turkish psychedelic music from the same time period too but yeah, Krongbun is perfect. Uh, it's nice writing, studying music. It's very lo-fi and chill. And Krongbun is a, a Thai phrase or Thai word. But I, I think for a lot of folks who uh, haven't been to Thailand, it's easy to forget that like any other country, there's a lot more at play beneath the surface, right? It is a different culture. It is a different part of the world. The uh, We were talking about this a little bit off air. Their government is extremely different from the West, uh, especially in their practice of, help me with the French pronunciation here, the les majestes, or les majestes, the, uh, the rights of the king. Guessing for a, a silent S there, but that's my only critique. I think the rest was perfect, but who's to say? I'm not, I'm not sure. I think you nailed it. So what what is this idea, right? It's like uh, if you in any way are seen defaming or insulting or threatening the monarchy, you can be locked up in jail for three to 15 years. Jeez. Yeah. That's not very smiley behavior. <laughs> it's not. That's, no. That's some no. pretty frowny stuff right there. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it's not the main topic of our conversation, but it is baffling because it affects freedom of the press. Uh, it is broadly enforced. Like one example would be you can go to jail for three years if you step on a newspaper that has a picture of the king on it. Or if you uh, if you like a social media comment, you can be prosecuted. Do, do you think you, you could uh, call a witness to say that it was an accident that you stepped on that newspaper featuring the king and like get out of it? <laughs> Or is it his, like, his Majesty, the King of Thailand, does not care if it was an accident. There are no accidents when it comes to defaming the king. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I imagine you can mitigate it and say something like, hey, I'm just a, I'm a foreigner. I'm a Falong. I, I didn't know. I was just walking in a hurry. Right. Uh, but but it is uh, it is weaponized to persecute political opponents and activists. I mean, it's it's not the topic of our conversation today, but it's a good example of how people can stereotype, exoticize, or simplify images of another place without realizing that there's a complicated reality for the people actually living there. I mean, that goes back to, you know, the perception of Thailand as like a party city country, not the store, but like a, a country where people go to party and do drugs and well, the drug laws are really strict, right? I'm yes. sorry if you already mentioned that, but I mean, no, I don't think so. They're like mm-hmm. n- very draconian. Yes, yes, sir. You don't uh, want to mess around. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And foreign sex tourism is a thing. Human trafficking is a problem. One thing I, I didn't know much about uh, that plays a role in our show tonight, consumer debt is out of control in Thailand. It's like... 90 something percent of the total GDP. People have all kinds of debt. And uh, there's also a complicated relationship with gambling. It has, just like the drug laws, they have very, very strict uh, gambling laws, but it's not stopping anything. You know, I, I'd love to, to explore this a little more, but I, I'm familiar with a term, I think from the Big Lebowski, tie stick, and it referred to a really 
like powerful strain of marijuana and even like a way that it was like bundled up and sold. And I just looked it up and it's totally a thing. Like there was in the sixties and seventies, Thailand was uh, responsible for some of the highest quality marijuana out there in the seventies, um, grown by the hill tribes of Thailand. And they used these like silk lines to tie these buds on, literally tie them to a stick. Um, I wonder if that is part of the complicated, you know, relationship with drugs is that it had this, you know, reputation and, and the the government decided we don't want that to be part of our legacy or whatever. So they got nasty about it. But also maybe it's okay to export, but not for the citizens to use. I, I'm curious. I'm sorry. I'm just bringing up Ooh, a bunch of questions. Question. Those are great questions. Yeah. I mean, you could, we could see that as a reaction because, you know, the um, recreational drug use is heavily vilified, right? In all of Southeast Asia. We're not kidding. Do not do drugs in Thailand. But it, it makes sense what you're saying, Noel, that it could be a reaction, uh, even if it's not like a moral imperative to stop people from smoking cannabis. Maybe it's more of something like we need to prov- we need to deny drug cartels uh income streams for sure and last thing on this because i know it's not really the topic today but i'm just seeing in an article that i found that at the time um in the 70s that it was largely run by surfers by thai surfers and that surfers as a culture at the time in the 70s were considered draft dodgers um because they were like shiftless layabouts who were trying to avoid military service and they were uh, responsible for these very complex smuggling operations that led to the stuff being available in the states so i don't know sorry this is interesting to me, but um, would maybe worth a uh, exploration down the line. Oh yeah, and check out the hippie trail uh, through the fifties and seventies. That's another big piece of history here. The, well, and, and if you yeah. find yourself in Thailand, one of the things you have to do is get a little religious, or at least go to the religious sites that uh-huh. are out there. Buddhist, uh, some of the Hindu temples, shrines, and the temples wats. and such. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the wats. Do well. Some of the Watts, some of them that are not. Some of them, like the Sanctuary of Truth, which is the largest wooden building that in sounds Thailand, like a magical place. Like it, it does. Yeah. If you see it, you would think it's even more magical than the name implies. It, there's so many. There's so many sites in Thailand that are just they defy the imagination. I think when it comes to their architecture and the the detailing and the jungles, just, I mean, the absolute lushness of their, I guess you call them rainforest kind of, but there, there's certainly a lot of really absolutely uh, spectacular, you know, uh, forests and, and, you know, countryside and things like that. Biodiversity is huge as well. And I, it's important that we mention these really positive things that are unique to Thailand that not every country has. Uh, but the gambling laws themselves, to get to get back to this, this is a setup. The gambling laws themselves, because gambling is so heavily regulated, there are only two exceptions to gambling laws in Thailand. The first is horse racing, and the second is the state-supported lottery. Anything other than that is illegal. However, yeah, however, like more than 57% of the population is into online gambling in some way. And these uh, a lot of these gambling outfits are run by shadowy cartels. Like you remember Spectre from the doc, uh, James Bond series? Of course. It, there's like a specter, basically, for some of this online gambling, uh, a transnational group named uh, the Outlaws. Not the most creative name, but they got other stuff doing going on. Another thing that the West doesn't really talk about when it comes to Thailand is uh, the number of serial killers. 
that have been active at some point there. Uh, and part of that goes back to what you're talking about with tie sticker, the drug trade, the hippie trail, these vulnerable populations were targeted by people who leveraged the criminal underground to get away with crimes that would not be reported, right? Or would be ignored because powerful people weren't getting targeted. That's where our story starts tonight. Because recently, last year, Thai authorities announced something new and disturbing. They'd caught what they were calling the most notorious known serial killer in the entire history of the country. A woman in her 30s named Sawarat Rongsiwuthapan. Good job. Wow. Or on Ser- to her friends. <laughs> that was impressive. And I'm not blowing smoke. I, I, That's very I, kind I barely of. stuttered with that. That was very well done. Well, apologies. Uh, apologies again to all native Thai speakers. She was known as Om to her friends. That's what we're going to call her tonight. At least her friends called her that until she murdered them, allegedly. Cool. Here's where it gets crazy. While we, uh, while we are not native Thai speakers, we can speak to previous research on the phenomenon of serial killers. Right, guys? It's much more rare than perceived in fiction. And there's a kind of demographic of serial killers who tend to get apprehended, right? The dumb ones. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the ones, the ones that, uh, yeah, the, the ones that escalate too quickly. The ones that get caught tend to overwhelmingly be male or male identifying, um, and they have a lot of behaviors conforming to the controversial McDonald triad theory. Which I didn't know. I, I I think in previous episodes we've talked about this, but the the more I look into it, there's not a ton of there's not a ton of later research validating this theory. No, that's this is like the behavioral sciences at Quantico kind of thinking, you know, um, early on. Uh, but you know, there's there's weird stuff in there, especially harming animals early on. Mm-hmm. That 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 to me is one of the biggest. The whole bedwetting thing. I don't know. I don't know how much water that holds. Hi, <laughs> uh, but uh, what's the third one? Uh, arson. Yeah. Or yeah. fascination with fire. I mean, fire is fascinating, though. Not yeah. Too. Like a, a harming something else that is living with a perceived callousness, right? And then watching, like viewing destruction, watching it occur with the fire, and then at, like having some kind of uh, uncontrollable part of your physical body. Mm. I always thought, yeah, that's a better way to phrase it. I always wondered whether the persistent bedwetting thing was a psyop meant to like uh, get in the heads of the criminals being hunted. Maybe. So anyway, uh, if you are looking at news about this person, uh, you will you will run into the name Sauerrat. Uh, but you are more likely to run into the ghoulish nickname the media gave her, which is Om Cyanide. And we don't know a whole heck of a lot about uh, her early life, but um, the court documents uh, and reporting do give us some basic information. Am, uh, which is how we're going to refer to her, because I don't think either Matt or I could do nearly as good a job as Ben did on that pronunciation. But Am is a graduate of Nakhon Patham. Oh, geez, I said that. Now I have to say this. Rajabat University. Nailed it. Ah, Nailed it. Yeah. Um, which is west of Bangkok. And her some of her 
teachers, lecturers, um, profs, uh, seemed to have a similar sense of, of her personality. Uh, it, it's the kind of stuff we hear often about uh, serial killers, that nothing out of the ordinary, um, about her looks or behavior, um, just you know, kind of kept to herself, you know, uh, not really anything to write home about. Uh, she did major in public relations and graduated in 2009. Yeah, um, that's an interesting thing, right? The interior lives of of everybody. It does seem like when you get when you hear that about someone that stands out like this as someone who's done a lot of harm and has kind of a secret life that they're living, it it is this weird like there's not a big outward show of anything because so much is going on in the background, the stuff that nobody else gets to see. It is a it is a pretty common thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, what's that old line? Qu- lives of quiet desperation, right? Uh, <laughs> we know that she was married and divorced uh, with a guy named uh, reported sometimes as Vitun or Witun Rangsiwuthapon. Uh, he was a senior police official in their province, Ratchaburi. Uh, he is no longer a police official. And although their marriage was dissolved, uh, they continued to see each other and live together. It's very, again, like you're saying, the complicated stories, right? Everybody has stuff they don't want you to know. Well, and it's going to come in later, just her connection to the police department, which is really fishy to me. I think to everybody else, it's just, it's a little weird because she did have two children with that person, right? Um, but then she also has this other thing going on, a common law husband. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, uh, we'll see that two police officers also die in the course of this. But so, uh, fast forward to the arrest, police arrest Om on Tuesday, April 25th, it's 2023. And they arrest her after a friend of hers collapses on a road trip earlier that month, April 14th. Uh, she, Ab was traveling with her friend, a 32-year-old businesswoman named uh, Sirapan Kwan Wong, uh, and they were west of Bangkok. They took part in a, a a pretty common thing, a Buddhist protection ritual, which sounds pretty cool. They went to a place called Ban Pong Pier, and they were releasing fish into the river. And that feels like a wholesome hangout time to me. Sure. Until you see the uh, CCTV footage. Uh, where Om is the last person seen with Quan Wong before she faints and she dies. That's right. This was a detail that really stuck out to me, I think, in the initial reporting that we looked at, you know, when this case kind of came full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she was she was initially uh, just charged with stealing, um, and the death was believed to have been of, of natural causes. Uh, but later, um, charges began to really pile up. And according to Deputy National Police Commissioner General uh, Surashat, big joke, Hawkparn? That's really? his real nickname. Big yeah. joke. I don't know. Okay, maybe maybe it's cultural difference. That's, this is like a, sort of a, a diss nickname. Uh, maybe he just got a good sense of humor. But um, there was a later autopsy that then found traces of cyanide in uh, Surapurn's system. Yeah, the uh, victim's mother is part of the reason how is part of the reason that Om gets caught at all. So uh, 
the mother's name is Thongpin Kyachanasiri, and she files a police report. She says, I don't believe that these are natural causes, right? And I demand that there be an autopsy done because my daughter's money and jewelry have gone missing. Uh, I suspect murder, and I'm pretty sure that Om did it. And if you look at that footage, the CCTV footage, which you can find easily on YouTube or, or wherever you look for videos, uh, you see that uh, Koi, uh, it's, Koi is the familiar, familiar name people use for Quan Wong. So Quan Wong goes to the, uh, the pier where she's going to release the fish and Om goes, uh, apparently to the restroom. When Om comes back, she sees her friend has collapsed. She waves bystanders over to come help, but then she leaves the scene and she takes her friend's cash, her friend's mobile phone and a designer handbag and runs yeah. away. Yeah, she doesn't stick around at all to help her friend that, you know, she was on that trip with, right? Which is very strange. Sus. AF. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it's the, it's the moment you're talking about there, Ben, where the two of them separate and Koi goes down to the water, which is where they're headed and what they're going to do. Um, and it gets even weirder when you start hearing, where this is only one case out of a bunch of them we're going to talk about, but there's something similar here with like sharing something that is ingestible it can be many one of many things but sharing something or taking something to drink or eat it's the same kind of red flag that we saw around that australian case uh that you brought initially matt i believe with the mushrooms and the was it like a beef wellington or something like it was some you know again shared food items um that and then all of a sudden people are falling ill or, or dying you know i mean that was obviously one situation but this is many but yeah i think that was what initially caught our attention about that story too or as a like, mm, something funny's going on here what we're gonna find in this is that like I didn't, I didn't think about possibly giving somebody a pill and telling them, "Hey, this is a vitamin." Yeah, supplement. Good also, yeah, don't take pills from people. No, unless it's in a package, <laughs> right? That is clearly <laughs> being open. Tylenol. <laughs> hey, by the way, folks, we are just because we might be paranoid doesn't mean we're wrong. Hey, guys, I did buy the three, uh, the three pack of fire extinguishers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll, so next time we hang out, they should be here. It has nothing to do with anything, unless you've heard an earlier conversation we had about this. Anyway, yes, uh, it goes it goes deeper. And I, I think you're right, Noel. There are similarities. Um, there are similarities that Australian case stood out to me as well. The mother has some juice. Uh, the the mother Koi's mom has some juice. She knows people who know know people, so she is able to get the case directly to the deputy police chief, uh, General uh, Surachate Big Joe Kukbal. And she says, "Look, I'm afraid that if this goes to the local Rachaburi police, it'll be buried or it'll be ignored uh, because." She knows this family and she knows that Sarawat or Om's former husband was at the time the deputy superintendent at the local police station. So wheels within wheels, you know, and, and you have to wonder, like, what kind of vibe did the mom get that made her escalate it like this? You know, I yeah, I wonder that a lot. I think just I think just the fact that this supposed friend definitely took money and belongings right and then when you hear 
I don't. I wonder if she had any contact with any of the other victims, like families, mm. because there is a pattern. And I think if if those victims' families or relatives were talking amongst themselves, you would start to see that pattern emerging. That's true. Pretty quickly too, right? So uh, that's a good point. So Om, when questioned, denies any involvement in the theft. Like you said, Noel, she's originally arrested for stealing which is not a hard thing to apprehend her for because she does run off with these belongings. It's on video. It's not a deep fake. It happened. But then, like you said, Matt, investigators start putting together pieces of a puzzle, a puzzle that seems to only grow larger and more disturbing with each new discovery. Here's one. They find a bottle of cyanide at, at, uh, at Om's house during her arrest. Yeah, a bit of a red flag. Yeah, not really a standard household item, don't yeah. think. It's not It's not a staple spice in the spice rack. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, and, and the, the big question that we've had, and guys, I went ahead and sacrificed my Google search. Like, Same. Where, where do I, where, how can I procure cyanide? <laughs> mm-hmm. How could I make cyanide? Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> uh, it's over for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not actually interested in that if anyone's out there Too listening. Late. That's exactly <laughs> what someone would say. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh, it's funny. I put that in later some of our notes because I was I was having a similar feeling as researching some of this over the over the past few weeks, and I well, yeah I, I thought I was like, damn, look at what look at what I'm doing. I'm doing bot to dollar conversions. I'm checking on cyanide <laughs> regulation in Thailand. I'm checking <laughs> on flights to Thailand. I'm looking up. Google Maps, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. How do I set up a post office box in uh, another name? You know? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that, isn't that crazy though? Because it'll it's all controlled by an algorithm that just sees those as points on a map, and right. then it's like, oh, I see where this guy's going. Our <laughs> search histories are the digital version of egregious face tattoos. At this yeah, point, you you're know right. what I mean. But the big question remains: how? how did how did she get a bottle of cyanide? Right. Right. Uh, What kind of parties does she go to? Well, uh, investigators say her. Oh, she also claimed later she would go on to claim, look, I had nothing to do with my friend's death, but she probably took illegal drugs that were laced with cyanide, sort of an accidental fentanyl overdose argument. Total bullshit, by the way. Yeah, uh, it turns out that Om's sister-in-law owns a pharmacy, also in Ratchaburi, where police found what they called a collection of suspicious capsules. Wait, so is she implicated in this now, too? Or was it maybe just a case of her not knowing and um, sort of taking advantage of that relationship? Open, uh, open-ended at this point. We're not sure. Uh, or at least the police have not specifically stated this. We know that they have been... They, they have been, since 2023, doing the thing where they're trying to track down all possible sources of cyanide in the country, like where, you know, where you could buy, uh, where you could buy this stuff or where you could make it, you know, um, the number isn't, number isn't certain yet. And also the number of victims isn't certain yet. Uh, people like other families are coming forward and it seemed multiple people connected with Om at some point had also died under eerily similar mysterious circumstances. It went from like eight victims to 10 victims, then at least 12. The number rose to 14. 
And then 15 is what is in the courts right now, but the number speculated, unproven, has gone to 18, possibly 20. To this day, no one's sure. Well, the big deal, it's it's almost like uh, with Zodiac Killer or some of these other major serial killers, trying to find that first victim date, right? And then you start there and then you move that number. That number rises as you move towards present day. But then if you start to go back a little further, you're like, oh, wait a second. There actually might be more this time in Riverside or whatever. Uh, that's just like the way these things go. And I wouldn't be surprised if there, there are 20 people. I mean, yeah, the that first date victim is is one of the big questions. Like you said, it's tough to answer. Is it 2015? Like Thai authorities are saying, is it 2005? Uh because we're going to have to discuss a little bit about the science of autopsies and the bureaucracy and just the the chemical you no know, the chem the group name cyanide right uh, yeah maybe the, we, the big yeah. question is when what was the inciting incident that made that escalation to the first poisoning like when what is that thing that pushed her there right if she is in fact the serial killer that's killing people with cyanide. Um, because I I was just trying to I was thinking back because she graduated in two thousand nine right right so if it started at college that would kind of match up right a two thousand five date yeah if the two thousand five date is is our date you know yeah uh, anyway this is fun I would I would <laughs> I would want to go as deep <laughs> as possible down this rabbit hole but okay yes for sure and we will uh go at least as far as the information we have currently leads us uh after a quick word from our sponsor witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. And we have returned. Other families are coming forward. Other civilians are coming forward as soon as the news of suspected cyanide poisoning breaks. And a lot of these people are saying, a lot of these people are saying, you know, we have a loved one, a family member who died and uh, and died the same way. And the last person who kicked it with them was Om. Uh, There's another thing we mentioned right before the break that I think we also have to point out, which is in cases like this or like Zodiac, when things escalate, there are also going to be some false positives. Just logically, there are people who lost a loved one in a way that might seem similar, and they they will rightly ask, is, the, is my loved one's death part of it? And the answer is not always yes. But that's why there's sometimes a fog of war and speculation around the numbers. We do know, however, that in at least one case, um allegedly tried to kill someone who survived. Yeah, that's something that you do see from time to time in hunts for serial killers is the one that got away that uh, makes some report or something that tends to trigger things or maybe isn't even uh, a red flag until after the fact. And then it's used as a way of kind of backtracking and finding more about the person's M.O. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Like the uh, like a, a serial assaulter or killer who inexplicably at some point kidnaps someone and lets them go or chases them but or, or tries to shoot them but doesn't mm-hmm. shoot them fatally. Well, like at the time, it might not match a pattern. So the report might not set off any, you know, alarm bells. But then after there's suspicion and then maybe cross-reference for that type of report – you know, then you see, oh, what about this? It's in the right area. Let's go talk to that person. I'm not saying that happened in this case, but it certainly could have been a, a break. Yeah, and it, it, there definitely is that kind of that uh, break in the in the case here. When after this initial reporting, a 36 year old woman at the time named Katima uh, Pasayard, uh, known as Pla to her friends, she comes to the police and she says, "I was poisoned in 2020." but I made it to a hospital where doctors resuscitated me. She was at a mall and uh, she got a pill offered to her by her friend, Om, and they parted ways. She felt a tightness in her chest. She lost feeling in her hands. She was calling Om, the story goes, to pick her up, but Om got lost. And so someone contacted emergency services and they were able to uh, keep her alive. Well, yeah, the way I've read the story is that she was trying to call Om and Om was kept like canceling the phone call, basically. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. someone sees there's an incoming call, it just hits decline. Mm -hmm. That's what she was saying happened. But she got through to there's a hotline number, uh, 1669 there that she called and was able to get through, uh, which thank goodness. But she at at the beginning, she was unsure that it was poisoning. She thought, oh, well, something is just wrong and I'm having a, med- a medical emergency. Sure. And then she sees some of the reporting and other 
events occurring and thinks, oh, wait a second. Yeah, she didn't put it together. She thought she just had a close call, you know, mm-hmm. and got lucky. Uh, she also told the police, as she is putting these pieces together, that she loaned 250,000 baht to um, earlier. Baht is the currency of Thailand. That is right now, that's probably, it's a little bit north of $7,000 US, $7,048 and change. Uh, so there was a financial incentive, it appeared. So we're thinking that it would be a, I'm ta- if, I, if I'm on, I'm taking money from someone, I'm borrowing that money, then I'm killing that person so I don't owe her anymore? Right, right. Jeez. Something Seems like, like a, a plan that could go awry really quickly. I am shocked, frankly, that it went on as long as it did. Agreed. I mean, and let's pause here. Uh, as as we set up previously to talk a little bit about the nature of cyanide and have a moment of silence for our search histories. Paul, could you hit some sad music? There we yeah. go. Mm. You know, the, I think this is an area where in our initial conversations about this, we all had questions about like how cyanide acts on the body, what kind of traces does it leave behind, how long does it stick around in the body. So this is, I think, exciting for all of us to kind of get to the bottom of it. I think we on the fly kind of answered some of those questions at the time, but this is a much deeper dive here. So this is very cool. I mean, you it's not cool. Well, it's horrific. <laughs> well, we're talking about sources of cyanide yeah. poisoning first, right? Yeah, so like, how does yeah, exactly. it actually get in your system? I think we've probably heard that cigarettes can often contain cyanide. We've heard that. Yes. But often I think it's th- it's like how much of that is the anti-smoking, I don't, I don't want to say propaganda, but it's the a- anti-smoking message, right? Yeah, like, like saying it contains jet fuel or whatever, you know. Well, we know there are additives to yes, cigarettes, right? Sure, yeah. But I think cyanide is just one of those like, oh, wow, okay, that's scary, but I've heard that. We also know there are allowable levels of mercury in fish that people can consume. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Mercury doesn't, like, kill you. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, in fiction and in in those atrocious spy novels and all that stuff, cyanide is often portrayed as this super secret, fast acting thing. Only MI6 and Nazis know about it or whatever. But uh, to your point, Matt, it might be surprising for a lot of our fellow conspiracy realists to know that you can be exposed to this toxin from everyday chemicals and even common foods. Stuff like uh, lima beans, yucca, cassavas, uh, almonds, apple seeds, Burning plastic, uh, smoke Wait. from a house fire. Yeah, is that one of those things where you isn't lima beans one of those things where you can cook it down in a certain way and get and extract some bad things from it, like the Breaking Bad thing with the whatever the ricin. I this didn't episode know about that. brought to you by the Anarchist Cookbook. I I see. Okay, God, I I knew about pits right in yeah. some fruit, right? Sure. Specifically, yeah. cherry the stones and cherries mm-hmm. and how dangerous and that peaches. is. Yeah. But I've heard that's really dangerous, but I've ne- I never really understood, I guess, that you could weaponize it in a way. I thought it was just be careful with it. Oh, man. Know. Quick cursory Google. Most cooking research related to cyanide removal has been conducted on cassava. Boiling in water for long periods of time, greater than 30 minutes in a large excess of water, is the most effective method for reducing uh, cyanide. 80% of the original cyanide will be removed. So that's extraction what? in terms of making it safe to eat. But I guess, what, what, what do you do with the extract, man? You know? <laughs> but is that like with all root vegetables where it, it absorb, like they absorb things in the ground? Or are we saying cassava and like yucca just has 
oh, that in it. Bamboo in shoots it. too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they, they got that dog in them, man. But the uh, it also that, that's why preparing your own dry beans is something you got to be a little bit careful about. Like if you're not using jarred or whatever canned beans that are pre cooked, if you're doing it from the raw beans, soaking them and stuff, you do have to be thoughtful about that because you can't accidentally not do it right. Yeah, and and one common misconception that the uh, the fictional stories miss is that cyanide in general refers to any chemical that contains a carbon-nitrogen bond. The issue is that lots of stuff contains cyanide, but they're not automatically deadly poisons as sure. a result. Yeah. So yeah. we're not trying to also be alarmist about beans. Just, just just to put that out there. No one needs to be scared about eating eating their vegetables, right? <laughs> uh, you, should, you should follow the directions, though. Yeah. Yeah, for maybe, sure. maybe don't take vegetables from strangers. I don't know. Don't take vegetables or pills from strangers. If someone says, hey, do you want a pill? And you say no. And they say, hey, do you want this handful of lima beans? Also <laughs> say no. It sounds like a Jack and the Beanstalk kind of scenario. <laughs> exactly. It yeah. really does. Yeah. So like sodium cyanide, potassium cyanide, hydrogen cyanide, uh, uh, these kind of things are... Uh, they all have that carbon-nitrogen bond, and those things can be lethal. But there are a bunch of other compounds called nitriles. You probably ingested them. That's the stuff in the cassava, the almonds, and so on. Uh, if you do have a case of cyanide poisoning, of acute cyanide poisoning, it does kill people quickly. It works. It does not like two to five minutes, and then they're dead, heart failure. Uh, but it's not a silent killer. That's that's why it's it's weird for it to be so commonplace in espionage fiction, because if you are a medical professional, you know what you're looking for. It is pretty much impossible to hide cyanide poisoning in a lethal oh. dose. That stuff is readily apparent in a corpse for several months after death. That That's what you mean by silent killer, like you undetectable, I guess, kind right. of thing. Right. OK, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and it's also a very painful death, right? I mean, so it's an effective poison if you want someone out of the picture, but it's not something you would realistically use if you want to avoid getting caught. So it's kind of amateur hour to use it. Well, unless it's in your fake tooth, right? And you're getting tortured. And or you're killing yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which also, I don't know, apparently... It's something that chemists have used historically when they commit suicide, but uh, the reason they do it is not because it's painless. It's because it's one of the most certain ways to do it, to, like, to end your life. Um, and it's just an ugly thing to think about, unfortunately. Well, I feel better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <We are laughs> I don't. So fun at parties. Uh, we, okay, let's get back to the investigation, though. So that's a little bit of cyanide science, right? That's a little bit why this is unusual. Uh, one of the first questions we could all have is, uh, okay, so guys, you're saying this kind of poisoning is readily apparent. In an autopsy, people know what they're looking for. So how did someone do this for so long, right? Or for, with so many people? Um, we'll get to that toward the end. But right now, maybe we talk a little bit about, about the, the unfolding of the investigation. Authorities said, hey, Om owed a lot of these victims money. Uh, she also had started businesses with them or kind of loans. Ah. 
Yeah. yeah. That's just interesting because it's not like it, it, you would necessarily turn that up from, say, a credit check or something. Like, to, so to owe individuals, multiple individuals money to find that out takes a little detective work, you know? I mean, it's, you, you got to give props there for them d- d- figuring out that, that particular pattern because it is, in a way, kind of smart because it's not something that there's just like a unifo- uniform record uh, of necessarily. Some of the businesses, sure, but, you know, in general, just like taking out a loan from an individual, she must have ingratiated herself to a lot of these people to even be in a position where they would have done that for her, you know? It's mm-hmm. very interesting. The manipulation, the levels of manipulation really start to kind of, you know, uh, show through here, I think. Public relations degree, right? Oh, gosh. Yes. You're right. Ben, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong here. I, I had read that there are even instances where it wasn't like a formal o, uh, loaning of money to Om, but just meeting with somebody that I guess she assumes is going to have a lot of money on them. And then taking them or attempting to take them out or allegedly attempting to poison them like at a restaurant or at an outing, kind of like she did uh, when when they were uh, feeding the fish, things like that. Like, did you find that, too? Or yeah. was it all uh, like loans? Yeah, a lot of thanks to uh, The National out of Thailand for some great, uh, great reporting on this. And, of course, the public statements of Big Joke. And we have a bit of an epilogue about Big Joke at the end of this. But, yeah, you're, you're on the money there because she would target people, according to prosecutors, hashtag allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, she would befriend people she perceived as wealthy, earn their trust, and then say, you know, like, hey, we should hang out more often. Uh, classic manipulation moves uh, and then get them to consume food, drinks, or herbs and then search them for money or deprive them of possessions. And then it goes to the idea of accomplices because if you are are moving hard cash below a certain amount, not that difficult to move. Uh, Possessions, especially bespoke things or relatively rare things like very high-end designer accoutrement, that's a little bit tougher, right? If yeah. there if there are only X amount of, you know, just for example, if there are only X amount of uh, Hermes bags in this town, right? Then the people who have those bags know who else has the bags. So it's a yeah. little harder to sell it. Can we talk about one specific case that happened in 2015 without jumping too far ahead? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there's this one case where um, a person died who was close to Om, and then Om seemed to swoop in to try and take over the finances of this person that died. Sketch! Um, Monta Teep Cowan or something like that. This person who was who had left Thailand for quite a while, like I think got married somewhere and then came back, and when she arrived back died very soon after and Sararat or um jumped in to like handle all the post death finances for this person uh which is really weird yeah let me handle this in your time of grieving and unfortunately con artists do that all the world round you know you find somebody at the worst moment in their life having lost a loved one you're a rock for them to lean on your uh, purported safe space mm-hmm uh, and dangerous things can happen there if people have ill intent. 
Uh, we know that a week after that initial arrest, when all this stuff has started to come together, the authorities also arrest Om's uh, ex-husband, the uh, the senior police official, and he gets charged. This is okay. This is still confusing to me. He gets charged with fraud and embezzlement, both related to and not related to the deaths. Yeah, I but because I think there's more going on there. I agree. Uh, and, and again, I brought up the common law husband that she had. And then also, we, did we mention that she was four months pregnant when she was picked up, when she was arrested? We haven't. We haven't. She And it is, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is crucial to other uh, events in the story. Uh, she was, it's a, the, um, the term of her pregnancy gets reported at different months, depending on where you look. But yeah. uh, she was definitely... She's definitely pregnant at the time of Coy's death. Well, so it just, for me, it brings up this issue of interpersonal pressures. So if you think about Om pressuring potential victims, alleged victims, to you know do what she wants to end up getting things from, uh, from them for her, I wonder if she has or has had people in her life that are pressuring her to do things right as well, mm. because often it's not just a lone wolf actor doing something like this. Right. Um, so it, I, I don't know. Just, I, I wonder like whose father, who fathered that child? Is it the, the ex? Is it the common law? Is it somebody else? And what are those relationships like? Right. And, and uh, did she have accomplices? Spoiler, the Thai courts concluded. Yes, she does. Or the Thai well, police did. We yeah. already kind of red flagged her sister-in-law a little bit with that, uh, you know, pharmacy. Cyanide? <laughs> yeah, well, the pharmacy suspicious capsules or whatever. And so police say that this gentleman, um, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce because you've already done such a great job, um, turned himself into police uh, after authorities issued a warrant. So he's just like, here I am. Um, the couple – Though they they were divorced, uh, were actually still living together, uh, and police said that uh, Mr. Rangsa Wuthaporn, that's not too bad, um, was most likely involved in the alleged murder of an ex boyfriend um, by the name of uh, Suthisak Punkwan. Um, yes, and and that he also helped destroy evidence of Quan Wong's murder. Mm -hmm. Dude. Yeah. That's coy. Quite yeah, quite, yeah. yeah, but we we didn't even really talk about that. That this is the common law husband, the uh, Pukwan, mm -hmm. Pukwan, uh, this uh, Sutisak that you just said. So this person died March twelfth, I think, twenty twenty three. But this person was potentially a poisoning victim. Well, at least the reporting that I was reading in May of last year, twenty twenty three, they kept saying potentially another one of the victims. I think it's. I think it's pretty certain at this point that it this person was a victim, but um, they're also reporting. We're talking about the husband, the ex-husband now who was just arrested that we mentioned this person I saw as a Lieutenant Colonel, but this is also like the, what did, what did you call him Ben or his title at the police station? Oh, I, I just used a senior police official uh, because he had, he had, um, he was a high-level police officer at one point, and it, okay. it gets a little confusing for us because uh, Thai police uh, is the Thai police are a little bit more militarized than yes. U.S. police. That's why I was so confused when I saw mm -hmm. Lieutenant Colonel. Like, okay, interesting. I uh, wonder what that actually means. And then was used in a different like a, he was given a different 
standing in another uh, piece of reporting I saw, but it does. I didn't know, and it didn't say if he was still an officer employed at the time when he turned himself in, or if he had like retired. No, he was still an officer. Uh, he got he got fired. Got it. He got fired before this, or after like, he turned himself like in very short got order it. of that. You got know, because you it. can't have. You know, it's like yes, stati- <laughs> yes, statistically. There are more arsonists in the fire department than there are in other jobs. But if they find out you're an arsonist, then you're out of a job, right? They just can't. That's like, not very nice. <laughs> like, just think about how much they love that job. <laughs> why are you looking at why, why are you taking the side of the arsonist? I'm Matt? just saying, like, that's like dream job for oh, an artist. Oh, oh boy. Another disturbing statistic from a while back when people still went to brick and mortar stores, something like 12% of shoe store employees are working entirely because they have a foot fetish. Sick. Dude, speaking of that, I saw, I saw an Instagram video earlier today where um, a, uh, a fan met Quentin Tarantino on the street in LA and asked him to sign her foot uh, and also to rate rate her foot. Did he do it? Uh, he didn't. He refused to rate the foot, but I, you could tell he uh, he got a, a kick out of it. <laughs> there we go. It's worth it. So the, this is going to lead us to other people who are charged as accomplices. Her lawyer, Alm's lawyer, gets accused. They say the lawyer knowingly helped destroy or conceal evidence. They're saying she couldn't have gotten away with it for as long as she did. But they also discovered something very important about the motive. And we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. When we return, we'll break it down. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know. Taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh! 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. We're back. In May of 2023, police discover what they believe to be the primary motive. We danced around it a little bit earlier here. Money. Again, mm-hmm. the, the great reporting at The Nation shows us that police, God, these stats are astonishing, that police discovered uh, Om was in possession of 78 million bots. That's almost $2.2 million spread over, get this, 180 separate bank accounts. Oh, no, she how? Had a, she had a system. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Think about how many times that may, maybe they're all set up online. But I mean, but the God. passwords alone. <laughs> Whoa. And Ben, you, I think you, you did a great job of teasing it and, and, and really not uh, quite getting to what it was about. We were talking at the beginning of the show about the laws in uh, Thailand and about the cultural um, issue with gambling in Thailand. And, and it was apparently a lot of these accounts are many of them, maybe most of them, uh, had been linked to various gambling, uh, sites and, and accounts. Mm. Do you want to do that? That quote from big joke? Sorry. We know he has a real title. It's hey, just man. the nickname is so yeah, good. It's hard. It's hard to shake a nickname like that. Um, that is wild, man. Uh, I also, before, Luke, I just wanted to say, uh, to ask, is it sick that in my mind I'm like, well, oh, money, that's boring. I want my serial killers to only kill for abject pleasure. You know? Or like divine, in, yeah. uh, it's, divine I'm just, orders. I'm joking. That's but the it one, is, dude. It is the way we've been conditioned to think about s- serial killers, you know? And this is basically an elaborate and deadly grift. You know, series of them, if if everything is as it's uh, as it's said here. So Big Joke had this to say. She was gambling to the tune of about one million bot per day. No. Investigators also found that these accounts received money that had been transferred from some, directly from some of the victims accounts. Ouch. What, what's that translated to one million bot? That's a- about twenty eight thousand one hundred ninety nine dollars a day. God, do we know what kind of this matters? Do we know what kind of games she was playing? Like what? Like as you said, video poker. Is it that? No, I don't know. Well, because well, Ben, you you had said that there's a lot of very specific guidelines or guardrails around gambling, um, with horse racing being one of the only like physical versions. I just wonder if there are similarly guardrails around what kind of you know virtual games are allowed to be played. Online gambling is illegal. But it's just, it's impossible to, I see. it's impossible to stop it. I see. Okay. Whoa. Do we think she was laundering money for someone? Don't like, know. We don't because know. Because if you're spending that much money a day, pushing it through various, whatever, gambling sites, casinos, whatever it is, 
I imagine that you're actually moving that money for somebody. It just seems like a risky way to move money, though, if you're because you got to place bets. You know, I mean, like, like you could lose it. You wouldn't but, be able. But why would you have 180 accounts? Like, what is the reasoning for 180 accounts? Well, just maybe just to obscure. Maybe they're under different names to obscure how much money you have by spreading it around. Maybe um, there's a, a limit that one online mm, outlet has. Will allow you to do per day. That's per no. account. Per And also, you got to wonder, too, it seemed like she was really keen on, uh, quote unquote, taking over people's accounts and uh, finances. You got to wonder if she maybe just did that. Too with some I don't know I mean I that's just, true that's possible right because what they they they're not they're saying that the accounts belonged to her but that's not quite the same thing as saying that she used her real name on all of these and yeah this leads to two other big issues in Thai society this online gambling thing that we've mentioned uh, it doesn't seem to have the same sort of in practice regulation that you'd be familiar with in other countries. It is apparently an open secret that a significant portion of these operations are touched by or indeed run by transnational crime cartels, like specter level stuff, possibly with the assistance from corrupt government officials. In 2022 alone, the one we have the most recent numbers for, uh, 1,500 people were arrested for some version of fraud and online gambling. Good God. It really that? makes you think about the, you know, the folks uh, on this side of the pond who cheat at uh, multiplayer games, right? The little hacker guys on Call of Duty or whatever. I can't oh. remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. What if one of them is, what if one of them is working for an international crime ring and they're just in the test case where they have to try out, try it out and see whether there's money to be made cheating it. Call of Duty or Tekken 8, which just came out and slaps and is fun and everyone should play it. Uh, I don't believe you're playing Tekken 8 for a second, Ben. You do no. not have time to be playing Tekken 8. <laughs> no, I'll get in trouble. That's the man Tekken. <laughs> Come on. I just play it. Oh, I'll tell man. you what I got recently, just to lighten yeah. the mood a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's Street Fighter V Championship Edition, which gives you all of the Street Fighter games up to five and has like intense online capabilities. Um, really fun. Those games are so fun still and hold up really beautifully to this day. That's does it have great. Street Fighter Alpha? I think it does. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got I all the iterations leading up to five, if I'm not mistaken. But I haven't really explored it. But it's a pretty big package. That's so crazy. Why did it take Street Fighter ten like more than ten years to learn to count to three? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's it was funny, like, Ben. It's unfortunate, but, but well, because they had better words like turbo, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I like guess ultimate. it's one of those things, sort of like with Mario Kart Eight, you know, where we've been on rocking Mario Kart Eight for going on a decade now, and they just keep kind of upgrading the game because they don't need to release another iteration if the previous one's still killing it. That was the case with Street Fighter Two. It was just like a blockbuster game for Capcom, you know. Yeah, and. And these blockbuster games, like gaming makes a lot of money. Spoiler, folks, you can probably tell we're gearing up for some episodes on gaming in the future, I think. Uh, Especially with everything that's going on in China. We got a, a, a uh, email yeah. recently, a listener mm -hmm. mail, kind of breaking down some of that stuff about the regulations of online gaming and how it actually pertains to another cultural, seeming cultural issue with you know, this kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, we certainly have that here, too. But um, I think it's different. I think it, it varies from culture to culture, the relationship with gambling and even with just, like, screens and stuff, you know? And then there's also the question of uh, whether prohibition works, and if so, exactly. to what degree, right? It's the biggest so, question. Yeah. yeah. So this, in 
2022 alone, 1,500 people arrested for some sort of online gambling thing. Did a little bit of digging and found that there's a group called International Outlaws who are known for their work in online gambling in Thailand. Uh, Their other work includes human trafficking and the drug trade. So this is like when the cartels got involved in avocados. You know what I mean? They found an income stream. And the second thing this triggers in Thailand, which is going on today still, is a national concern among the Thai public, a concern that we share here, which is how easy is it to get cyanide or make cyanide? How easy? Why does it seem so easy for the average person to use it repeatedly in a multi-year killing spree? Why didn't the coroner catch any of this stuff, right? We don't even know how far back it went. Uh, So we have some things to return back to at the end here. First, uh, the public was also horrified to learn that Om would not receive the death penalty. Thailand does have capital punishment. They do have a harsh justice system. Again, never do drugs in Thailand. We cannot emphasize that enough. But the law there does not allow for the death penalty in the case of pregnancy. I would argue that's humane. Um, yeah, inappropriate. Uh, I would also question as to whether she knew that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I was going to uh, say. And uh, acted accordingly. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say this is someone who lacks remorse if everything is, uh, is as, as it's uh, being alleged? This is like, you know, people, people throw around the black widow. Kind of, maybe that's sexist. I don't know. It's just a term pop culture has sort of, you know, thrown around for years. The idea of uh, someone using poison um, to, uh, to kill people who are close to them, whether it be a spouse or, you know, a loved one or someone whose trust they've earned. But it seems to me this is someone who... Absolutely. Whether feeding an addiction to gambling or just out of callousness and lack of remorse is is doing this to people. You know, uh, this is someone who is not not a good person. Well, yeah, it's really weird to me that her ex-husband lived and then her new common law husband died. Right. Which Maybe he didn't have any money. Maybe he wasn't a, a worthwhile target, you know? Well, and then she's allegedly still hanging out with her ex-husband. So, I, you know, I, it, uh, just the fact that he's a police officer, that there was so much suspicion that there would be some kind of information leaking or, you know, something fishy going on if that local police department was involved in her prosecution or arrest and every, all that stuff. Um, it does. It just makes me wonder. Like what? What was that relationship actually like? I have a, a, a hot, wild prediction, y'all. There's going to be a movie, uh, probably a few, of varying degrees mm-hmm. of quality. It's also surprising, uh, as we were talking about off air. It's it's also surprising just how little exploration this story has gotten. Yeah, considering in terms of mainstream media. Of, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I had to like. We all did. Yeah. I had to call up, people who speak totally. Thai and <laughs> explain well, this to me. Just stuff. in general, when it came up as a strange news, it was almost like it was mega under the radar feeling, you know? I mean, there are stories about American technology malfunctioning that gets more press than this. You right. Know? And this is a huge story in Thailand. Of, of course. course. We don't, we don't have, um, there is more news. Uh, in June of 2023, Om was sent to the police general hospital in Bangkok uh, 
After prison officials failed to detect the heartbeat of her child, the child was lost. Medical staff performed the abortion. Oh. Uh, so she is no longer pregnant. We don't oh, have, wait. What does that mean? Does that mean there can be a change? Unknown. No, okay. Unknown. I mean, in the, in the penalty. Right, unknown. And social media already in Thailand already had, you know, quite an adverse reaction to the idea that this person was possibly going to escape the death penalty by virtue of carrying a child. So it has changed the conversation. We don't know the full updates. Um, by the way, the reason we kept saying allegedly, Um has not been officially convicted. She hasn't been sentenced, right. So that not absolutely yet. could change. It would change. I would think this would change everything in terms of what's on the table. I don't know how different the Thai legal system is than ours, but you'd think there would be similar prosecutor type things seeking the death penalty, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about when the police concluded their investigation uh, she's going to trial for 14 murders, but as happens often in the cases of alleged and proven serial killers, those are only the murders they feel they can prove in court. That mm -hmm. does not mean it's the entirety. And she is, these murders occurred across eight different provinces. Uh, this creates a grand total of 80 separate charges. That is the Dang. highest for a single person in the entire history of Thailand. Can we talk, can we just, how did that go on for so long, guys? Yeah, that's, that's been my the question. Top yeah. of mind, I think, for all of us throughout here. How expensive is it and how time consuming is it to test for cyanide or poisoning in general, right? When you're when you're looking at a victim or someone who has died, right? And they're going through the system. Would it be that bad to just let's just test everybody's blood a little bit just to see? Just to see. Right. Because I guess you wouldn't order a toxicology report for everybody, for every body that you come upon, you know, in any pr uh, provincial police department. But my goodness, maybe we just should do that. Right. There are, I mean, there, there should always be an autopsy, even when, even when the cause of death seems readily apparent. Uh, I believe under Thai law, I was reading about this, God, my search history, you guys. RIP. I was reading about Thai law for autopsies as well, right after searching for some specifics about cyanide. And autopsies are supposed to be uh, the standard operating procedure. Like no matter what. Okay. Right. Uh, but the coroner's office had a lot of controversy with this because it goes back to what do we mean when we say autopsy? Does that include toxicology? Right. And then there are cases, they, um, the thing that stood out is, uh, the family or relatives can request that an autopsy not be done and request just automatic cremation instead. So some of the, the reason I think the murder count may be higher, the alleged murder count account is because uh, there were several people who apparently died under similar suspicious circumstances, but their bodies were cremated in accordance to their religious beliefs. I think that goes on the suspicious list. The moment a family member says no autopsy, please be like, oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the police can say the police can say with all due respect. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. You know, you or you just say, OK, and then you go do the autopsy. Anyway. Right. But, you know, it's it's up to the discretion of them. It's like, you know, if you're standing by a burned down house with a can full of gas and a handful of matches, right? So, yeah, you don't need to. Uh, this is just a natural <laughs> fire. No need to look into this one. Yeah, I think it was the wiring. Anyway, yep. uh, yeah. So this this leaves us with more questions. Uh, one of the last updates you can find in the West is that 
Alm uh, Alm filed a defamation case against uh, a guy who is a prominent coordinator for claims of the victims, kind of an organizer for group statements from them or from their families. And that defamation suit, uh, you know, Thailand, again, takes us very seriously, even if you're not the king. Uh, But that defamation suit was dismissed by the courts about four months ago. So things are moving forward. There's a huge concern in Thailand overall about autopsy procedures and that big question, how did one person, a troubled civilian with no training, get away with these horrendous acts so often for so long, perhaps most troubling? Is it possible someone else could be doing the same? Well, I mean, it had nothing really indicated this along the way, but um, it does make me wonder if there is an inside person with law enforcement even, you know, like someone helping cover the trail or whatever. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it makes sense for this to be able to have gone on for so long. Who was that? 78 million bot for right who was it for why would she need to go and take more victims to get small amounts of cash like that because she didn't get huge amounts from every victim but like what is she using that money to fuel and, and who's benefiting from it besides her that's the big question i think kind of like the uh kind of like the question about the various strings leading off from the story about the two Oklahoma guys who got busted for cannabis tracking. And we've received some excellent correspondence about that folks quite recently. So thank you for the letters. Keep them coming. Uh, Give us new leads on different episode topics. You think your fellow conspiracy realist would enjoy. Let us know what you think about this case, because again, we're, being fully transparent. We don't have all the answers here. This person has not been convicted in court, but there are deeply, profoundly disturbing things about this case, even aside from the headlines. So tell us where you think these puzzle pieces go. We can't wait to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online. That's right. And we hope that we succeed. You can find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, and also on the uh, social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, People call it X, some people. Um, you can also find us at Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, you can find our voicemail system by dialing one eight three three stdwytk When you call in, you've got three minutes. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your message and voice on the air. If you've got links or a huge story to tell us or attachments, whatever it is, especially cat pictures, send them to <laughs> send them to us. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At-